welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, we are talking to Alfredo Garcia Horta um, about a subject I've wanted to talk about for a long, long time, and that's the experience of participating in your very first Ironman triathlon. Um, I've never done one. I've always kind of, you know, I think for most endurance athletes, it's probably on your on your bucket list uh, of something that seems just almost insanely hard. Um, and so I wanted to hear kind of what the training is like, what it takes during the event to actually finish. Uh, because the other thing uh, I always think about when I think of Iron Man is those videos of people coming into the finish line where their legs give out and their body gives out. And then they just like drunkenly stagger across, you know? Um, So I want to hear what, (laughs) what the experience is actually like, because obviously that's going to be one of the extremes. Um, So I wanted to hear it from, from Alfredo and Alfredo's a friend that I, made when we lived in Danville, Virginia. Um, he's incredibly fast. We we did a whole race series where we raced for four separate times over the course of a month. And uh, he beat me. He got first every, every single time. He was impossible to beat. I was like, I can't beat Alfredo. I just, I just can't, can't catch him. So, and I was seriously at that point, it was the, the races were, I think the first two were six miles, then a four mile, then a six and a half, like really hilly course at the end. And I was redlining. I was pushing it as hard as I possibly could. So uh, great athlete, great dude, super nice, super humble. Um, Really excited to bring you guys the show today. Uh, If this is your first episode of the podcast, feel free to check out the rest. You can find them all on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. Um, or SoundCloud, or our website, like a Bigfoot.com. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your, um, if this is your 114th episode, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> also, <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into the show. This is um, how to do your first Ironman triathlon with Alfredo Garcia Horta. All right, uh, I want to welcome Alfredo Garcia to the podcast. And man, dude, first of all, uh, Alfredo lives in Virginia area. Um, he worked in in Danville, Virginia when I lived there. We raced against each other a few times. And it, like you are one of the most incredible athletes I've ever raced against. Like You are just unbelievably fast. I don't know how to say it. You're just super fast, man. <laughs> I, I think I feed off my competition. So it's like the fact. Cause it's like the previous year I had a tough guy that I was racing against, you know? Yeah. And, uh, he kind of, I kind of f- fed off of him. And then it's like the next year I was like, Oh Lord. I was like, thank God he's not here. And then you show up for that race series and I'm like, who's this guy? So you <laughs> really brought like a whole new level to my competition. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I still think about, um, so we did this like trail running race series over a month and it was every Tuesday night or something. And, uh, I just remember, I still, I told someone this story recently too. Um, there was a four mile race. I don't know if you remember this. There's four miles. It's super hilly and all this stuff. And then at the very end with like maybe 10 yards to go, there's like the tiniest hill, Uh like the tiniest incline. And I remember that whole race just thinking to myself, like, man, that last hill is really going to suck. <laughs> and it was the smallest. And I got to the finish line and I was talking with you and you're like, I was thinking the same thing, man. I was literally going to tell you the same thing. I was like, I know which one you're talking about because all I kept thinking about was that tiny slope at the end. Yeah. I like, die out at that little slope. After yeah. running mountains. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I'm um, really excited to just kind of like reconnect with you. And I know you did your very first Ironman recently, which I really want to hear about. Um, so, so yeah, man, thanks for coming on. 
of course i'm i'm super excited about it i mean it's just like the whole experience phenomenal and then to get to talk about it i mean even better come on <laughs> yeah yeah well let's get into it dude what what was the race uh where was it why did you sign up why did you want to do an ironman so the race was in cambridge maryland uh really why did i want to do a uh sorry a triathlon which was the full distance ironman not the half not nothing you know yeah I had heard a friend tell me about the uh, Ironman World Championship that happens in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I was like, what? Like, you know, kind of the whole Kona thing just kind of started uh, sparking in me. And I was like, okay, so these are the best of the best going at it. And they're like, I wonder if I have the guts to, you know, even even try to compete in something like that. Yeah. So, uh, about three years ago is when I was like, you know what, I'm going to do one. And finally, I had the time, uh, you know, had the free time really to try to train for it. So now it was kind of like, okay, let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's chase for it. And I'm like, get it, get it under your belt and uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. That's awesome, man. So, yeah, I'm so curious about the training for it because it seems like it takes a lot of time. And I, I don't know. For me, I'm just like, oh, the bike. The bike has to take forever to train the bike i don't know oh lord you you are absolutely right you know like fortunately i looked for through a few plans and i was like you know what which one looks like it fits me like uh i've begun to be a little bit more competitive with myself so i was like i want to go into it being a little competitive so i found a plan that was a little uh, advanced and i didn't look at uh, i guess the requirements of time i just said you know what this plan is going to be challenging let's let's do it yeah and it ended up being a heck of a training plan. I mean, it killed me. But like you're talking about the bike, the bike, it was just having you from the get-go. I think it told me, okay, uh, bike four hours nonstop. Like, <laughs> what? I like I, I've barely been on the bike for an hour. So, yeah. So that was that was brutal. Wow, man! How did you find the plan that fit you? Like, honestly, is it, did you just Google it? <laughs> I was going to say, honestly, being 100% honest, I Googled it. And I said, Ironman training plans, boom. Yeah. And eventually scrolled down, found something. That link took me to another link. And then uh, once I found that, it showed me about five different plans. Yeah. It was uh, for the beginner. And if you wanted to uh, just finish or conquer it. And then it said, if you got more time, do you want to just finish or conquer it? It, it just, it just had a little bit more in depth. And I, of course, you know, being competitive, yeah. which was the first one. So <laughs> not. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to conquer this thing. Exactly. So I, I was super glad I did that training plan. Yeah. Because during that race, I was like, holy smokes. I cannot even imagine if I didn't do the training <laughs> that I did. You know, it was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So what was like a normal, like for, I guess how many weeks out do you start training? Cause you're, you're a dude, you're in shape anyways, you know, like, I mean, you start off in shape. So how many weeks out do you, did you need to like solely focus on the Ironman? Now, because I, w I had just finished my uh, marathon training plan in uh, April, I chose and found a 12 uh, week training plan. Okay. So since I had a nice base from a marathon, then I just jumped on the bike, uh, try to fill in some weeks before my training fully started. But I really put 12 weeks of like really solid training for it. Yeah. Yeah. But I got you, man. Are, were you a swimmer beforehand too? I mean, that's a huge I'm, part of it. I'm a slightly experienced swimmer. I wouldn't say that I'm like a really good swimmer. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm slightly, I know my strokes, so at least I had that going for me. Uh, cycling, I, I got a very, very small background on it, but I mean, to say that I'm a cyclist, no, I'm not a cyclist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a runner, so that, that's my cup of tea. I, I run, so well, it's good, man. It works out where that's the last event, you know, so that's the one you can really just put it all out there you know, since you are a runner and the other ones, I guess you can kind of struggle through a bit. So I said, as long as I don't screw anything up, I should be fine <laughs> on the run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny. I started swimming last year. Um, I've, I, I had never swam for a workout before, uh, uh -huh. except once in, in Danville for the brick. 
and my face swelled up by the end my lips were so swollen my eye like i was allergic to something and it was the hardest workout i've ever done like everyone's going nonstop, and i'm like completely out of breath after like one lap you know it's hard swimming is hard i mean people do not realize it but it is it is tough yeah yeah and for me it was just figuring out the breathing you know because in running you're you know you're breathing all the time or like whenever you want really, but swimming, you have to consciously think about it, you know? No. Yep. I completely understand. That's why I told people it was, it was the hardest thing to get used to the swimming, uh, the stroke simply because you have to figure out when you, when you're going to breathe. Yeah. Because when you're running, of course, you know, just breathe whenever the heck you want. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. You're going to end up hydrating too well uh, in that pool. If you do that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Were you, so when you're going about it, like when you start swimming, were you able to pace yourself or because for me, it was like, I would, I wouldn't be able to go slow. I wouldn't be able to swim. slow. I'd just swim as fast as I could. And then I'd be completely just drained until I got used to it, I guess. I, I gotcha. Well, see, fortunately, I guess I, I was able to swim like comfortably like uh, 500 meters. So I mean, okay. anywhere from a quarter mile to a half a mile. Yeah, and I could, I could knock that out, but I would be almost done. Yeah, uh, but I wouldn't go all out. I would just simply just get a nice pace and and finish that. Nice. So at least I had that going. But other yeah. than that, I had a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where was it? Two workouts a day, like every single day, or you know, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it because I've never tried to train for an Ironman. It's something like you, where it's been something. Where I'm like, maybe someday I'll decide to try to take that on. I gotcha. Well, see, honestly, it was, it had me doing a workout six days a week and it would give me one day off. It was, okay. it was always the Mondays that I had off. And let's see. So Mondays I had off. Tuesdays was typically like a speed work and swimming. Okay. And Wednesdays was just uh, my long run. So it was just swimming. I'm sorry, just running. Uh, Thursdays was just swimming. Fridays was just running again. Thursday, I'm mean, sorry, Saturdays then was biking and running, and Sundays was biking and swimming. Oh man, okay, so they save the weekends for your long rides. Yeah, yeah. So it's usually that's when normal people don't work and have <laughs> you know, everything going on. Yeah, yeah. You get to kind of hammer through those uh, long workouts. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So tell me about some of the bike rides you went on to train for it. Oh, Are they man. were they just on the roads around, you know, Martinsville and Danville or it, it was honestly anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. Like sometimes I would drive up to Danville or uh any anywhere close to Martinsville and just take off on the bike. Uh but mostly I ended up doing some pretty awesome uh rides. So I ended up riding from Bassett, Virginia, where I live all the way up to uh, Roanoke, Virginia. And I was no just way. Roads, uh, I mean, the Blue Ridge Parkway, my elevation was just like insane. Oh. And uh, people were like, why are you doing that? I was like, well, I just want to be ready. They're like, but your race is going to be completely flat. I was like, well, perfect. I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, man, dude, I can't imagine a better place to ride than the Blue Ridge Parkway, though, honestly. It was pretty awesome. I was I was really excited. So that was one of the main goals that I had. I was like, look, if you're gonna ride, you you got to take the Parkway. You just got to ride on the Parkway. I mean, yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's nice. It's scenic. You have to take advantage of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. And people are driving slow there because if you're riding on the side of the road and the semis are passing you going super fast, it just it adds a bit of uh, a bit more adrenaline to your workout, I guess. Uh, those, those semis sometimes do get a little close. I do have to say, yeah. so like, God, please don't run over me yet. Like, like <laughs> let me get this race under my belt and then y'all can give me a speed bump. Just let me get one under my belt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I would go from trail running, which is in the middle of the woods and it's peaceful. No one else is around. You don't even see anybody and you have no fears. And then to biking on the highways down there. And I would be like, Oh my God, this is terrifying and not relaxing at all. And then, like some people don't think about it, but some of the most of the cyclists really uh, have the clip-in pedals, right? Yeah. And the clip-in pedals literally like uh, attach your feet to the pedals. So if you stop pedaling and you fall over, 
it's like your feet are attached to the bicycle. Yeah. So uh, that can be a little scary sometimes when you come to a stoplight and cars don't realize that, uh, I guess the cyclists have that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever biff it? Did you ever face plant? <laughs> I didn't quite face plant only once, but uh, fortunately the grass was pretty close by. So I just kind of <laughs> tipped right over into the grass. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. That's cool. So yeah, dude, let's talk about the race. Um, you know, you're, you drive up to Maryland, like, I don't know, was it just you or did you go with any friends or family or? I ended up going with my wife. So fortunately she, uh, kind of, she was a Sherpa. So she managed everything around and I was just there to, uh, I guess, uh, perform and create a show for her. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the race was on uh, Saturday and, uh, we ended up leaving on a, uh, Thursday morning. Okay. So Thursday morning, had to kind of pick up my bib and uh, all this mess by Thursday night and mandatory uh, transition area. You had to check in your bike and uh, uh, everything you were going to use on the run as well as on the bike on Friday. So it's kind of like you got to turn all of your gear in the day before. So it, it's a little, it takes some planning and, and that's a little kind of odd. Yeah, because I like to uh, take a peek and lay everything out morning of. That way, I know I have everything. Yeah. So the fact that I had to trust myself into saying, "Hey, you got everything uh, ready yesterday," was a little, little nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah, man. What, uh, what other ways? Because you've done a whole bunch of road marathons, you've done trail races and ultras. Like, what are some of the major differences you noticed with? a triathlon versus some of these other events. I mean, that's obviously a huge one, the, the having to lay out all your gear and, and get it ready the night before. Like, yeah. So what else did you, did you notice anything else different or? I think what, especially because like you've done like crazy ultra marathon. So anyone that has done like a crazy uh, endurance race, at least they'll be kind of mentally prepared for this. But someone that may just go from like a half marathon or maybe yeah. even just a marathon that hasn't had that mental barrier broken down with a long race like this, it can be extremely challenging because, I mean, they don't allow headphones. They don't allow um, cell phones. I mean, any, anything like that. So either you're talking to yourself or you better <laughs> like a, a, you know, a friend around to just kind of chit chat. Yeah. It can be really, really lonely and uh, draining. Yeah. What goes through your head since you don't, you can't distract yourself. And a lot of people listening who kind of rely on their headphones to run and work out like that might seem terrifying to them to be like, wait a second, what? We can't, we can't use our headphones. Like, so what, what's going through your head during a race like that? I, well, honestly, I mean, I was, I was definitely thinking about not quitting and no matter how hard he got, we got to keep going. So the goal was to finish under 11 hours, but the real goal is to cross that finish line. Yeah. So the whole time, I mean, I'm doing math, trying to think, okay, it, this has taken me this long. This has taken me this long. So that means I, I have this much wiggle room. Uh, I mean, just really thinking, don't give up, make it to this, make it to this mile marker, make it to this mile marker. Kind of, kind of really talking to myself about, Staying positive, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's me battling against myself to trying to kind of shoo away all the negativity and turn it into positivity. Because immediately, as soon as you start doubting yourself, it's like everything just kind of begins to go downhill. And I immediately was able to kind of become aware of that. Yeah. And really kind of focus on the fact that, hey, we're going to finish. No matter what, we're going to finish. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. What do you do in those moments when you feel that negativity coming along? You know, like when, when the race starts hurting your legs or your lungs start burning, what, how do you, how do you turn it around? Like the thought process? You know, I'm a, I'm a little religious. So fortunately I, when, when something gets a little tough and even if it's not tough, yeah. I like to think about the opportunity that I've been given. I'm thinking, Hey, you know what? At least you're able to still keep moving. Yeah. Uh, you have this opportunity that has been given to you, utilize it. You know, not everybody gets this uh, chance. So that's one way I look at it. 
the other way I look at it is uh, friends. You know, I, I always like to tell friends, hey, you know, I'm, I'm creative with this. The reason I say that is not to brag, but it's simply for them to keep me accountable. Yeah. Way in those uncomfortable moments, I can think back to they're counting on me. They're counting on me to finish. So, you know, we got to we gotta keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Where so, you almost, you, you use like a community to build yourself up and you don't want to let them down either. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's like uh, some of those close people that follow your training, they become invested in you. And it's yeah. almost like they're following you and it's like they train too. It, it's a, it's yeah. kind of like a weird way, I guess you could say. But despite them not doing the event, they're kind of doing it vicariously through you. So, so you don't want to let them down, of course. Yeah, man. Dude, I got to say, I mean, I was following you on social media and I was like, I didn't know when your race was, but then I saw that you posted that you had your Ironman. I was like, whoa, man. And it was cool from my perspective because I was like, man, this guy, like I've seen what he's gone through a little bit. I've gotten like a little snapshot into what he's gone through for his training. And like, it's just seemed, you know, the training for an Ironman is just incredibly intense. So I was, I was happy for you. You know what I mean? It's, it's interesting that way. You're right. Like people are invested whether or not you, like once you put yourself out there, people do get invested in your journey and whether or not you can actually accomplish, accomplish this thing. Yeah. And, and that was my goal, you know, during my training, when I had to get up at like 4 a.m., <laughs> yeah. my house by 5 a.m. in the pitch dark with like a little headlight on the bike. I mean, you know, I, I post about that. Yeah. So, you know, these people get to see that I am out here riding my bike at 4 a.m. I mean, deer scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> jump in front of me and I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Probably a car thinking, is this guy drunk? Does he know what he is? <laughs> anyway, you know, post about that. That way people know that, hey, he's, he's out here. He's training. Yeah. He's to work. Because when uh, people become a little encouraging and give you uh, tips and things like that, just really keep you motivated saying, Hey, I know you can do it. I know I've been following your training. I, I see that you're getting up in the morning. I see that you're doing your long runs, your long bikes. And I mean, I'm surprised you haven't drowned in the water. Yeah. You know, all these things, it kind of, you know, kind of hits home and you're like, I can't give up. I got to yeah. keep on rolling. Yeah. Did you, oh, I guess just to jump back to training really quick, cause you mentioned waking up at four, which is horrible, but you got to do it sometimes. But, uh, did you ever skip a day of training? I didn't. Nice. I didn't. What I ended up doing, though, if I knew that I was running out of time or uh, if I had to work late or if I had to go into work early, what I did do was swap days. Okay. Basically, if uh, let's say tomorrow I had a swim, but I had to work all day and then the pool was going to be closed, I was like, well, uh, the next day I'm supposed to swim. I mean, the next day I'm supposed to uh, run. So let me swap those two days. Yeah, yeah. Let me run tomorrow and swim the following day. So yeah. according to my schedule, I had to kind of juggle uh, my my workouts around. Nice. So I fortunately stuck to the plan and did all my workouts. <laughs> I was I was really really happy about that. That's something to be proud of, and it's this like weird confidence booster going in. You know, where you're like, I literally did everything I possibly could to train for this race. And then you show up day one, you're like, okay, now I have this confidence where I'm going to be able to perform because I, I put in the groundwork, I guess. Which was really nice because it's, it's so funny you say that because my wife, I think there was one day I wasn't feeling all that great and I wasn't going to do the full workout. And she said, wouldn't you hate to not finish the race and say, if I had just finished that one workout, and it's like she got in my head so bad. Look <laughs> it up and go and suffer and finish the whole workout. Because I was like, if she is right, I will not be able to, you know, like, I just wouldn't be able to deal with that. You don't want to have regrets, you know? You don't want to have regrets. And if your regret is that you didn't, you failed because you didn't put in all the work you possibly could have. Uh, yeah, man, I get it. That's cool. I like that story. Um, um, just yeah, keep going. It's, it's it's pretty pretty nice though. Just having all this encouragement from everyone. So yeah, that's awesome. So what I hear that during a triathlon, the swim is pretty hectic and chaotic. Like everyone jumping in the water, 
at the same time, um, are you doing an open water swim and is there a whole bunch of people out there, you know, kicking each other in the face and stuff? Yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds about right. (laughs) The the only difference though that I was happy about is that, uh, they were letting everybody go, uh, three at a time into the water. Okay. Three would go. And then, uh, three seconds later, three more, three seconds later, three more. So, so that was kind of nice. It was like a staggered start. Yeah. And then they said, look, you seat, uh, sit yourself wherever, uh, whenever you'd want to start. So that was kind of like relieves the stress. They don't say, Hey, uh, you're next. It's kind of like you jump in whenever you're ready. Yeah. And, uh, that kind of helped me kind of stay calm. Yeah. But as soon as I got in there, like you said, I mean, feet flying, I mean, <laughs> everyone hand slapping, it was on a people. It was swimming. <laughs> I'm just fortunately some of my workouts call for literally me swim for an hour and a half nonstop. Yeah. Wow. Since I was like doing that, I was used to not stopping, you know, just kind of like breathe and keep on, keep on rolling, which really helped me drastically uh, at the race. Yes. Yeah. I was able to just focus on my stroke focused on my breathing and I was just fine. And then whenever I would come upon someone that would kind of accidentally hit me or anything like that, I just remained calm and looked up, uh, sighted along the areas and just moved away or moved around. Yeah. Which really, uh, I was able to stay calm because I had the endurance to just kind of swim without having to take any breaks. Yeah. So that played a huge role. If I hadn't had that, uh, training, I, I definitely would have been freaking out. I probably would have lost my breath so quick. Yeah. Uh, people would have just like pulled me right under the water to say, Hey, get out of the way. <laughs> I yeah. would have survived it. And despite me not looking forward to the swim during my entire training, to be a hundred percent honest, the swim was probably the best part for me. Really? Which I would have never thought in my entire life that I would have said that. Why? What made it the best part? just because I was so prepared and during yeah. the whole swim, I was just like so um, calm and collected and just aware of what was going on and just like staying at a really, really nice pace. I mean, passing people just, just felt really good in the swim, which That's was awesome. uh, very much for me. Yeah. I was, I was super happy. And like I said, I have to thank that to like those like, hour hour 50 minute like consecutive swims without any breaks so i was like yeah. i'm thankful i did those <laughs> yeah have you have you done any open water swimming before i did uh the training called for some open water swimming just okay. so you prepare for it so uh about 90 percent of my training was in pool and 10 percent of it was in open water where'd so you go to do that kind of keep- there's a uh, nice uh, lake close to me and it's a uh, Philpot Lake. Okay. So I'd go with a friend and uh, someone kayaking beside us. That way we don't get our heads chopped off with a boat. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be too good. No. But uh, anyway, so we would uh, kind of just swim along the tree line and that would keep us safe because if a boat sees a kayak, then yeah. they kind of go away. So that was, that was kind of nice. Oh, that's awesome, man. Dude, that's funny. So, so far we have possible semi trucks hitting you on the road. Yep. yep. Boats decapitating you. See, this is what I'm talking about. Iron Man training is like hardcore. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, how are the, you get out, you get done with the swim, and then you have this weird thing. Like, the transitions seem weird to me. Did you practice transition at all? Like, are you at home, like changing out of your wetsuit and getting on your, I haven't shared this story yet with uh, friends. I was waiting for it, but you'll you'll like this one. So I dislocated my shoulder about five years ago. And uh, it, it never kind of healed, but I, I can work out. I can do everything just fine. Well, as soon as I got out of the water, I have my wetsuit on and I bring it down to, uh, I guess, my waist. Yeah. My arm sleeves are still stuck. So then they have uh, what they call the wetsuit strippers <laughs> that kind of <laughs> help you take everything off. And... Uh, so there's all these girls that are kind of hovering around me. Fortunately, my wife was okay with it. <laughs> One of them grabs my uh, arm where uh, the wetsuit was still connected. And she lifts my arm up and she yanks the wetsuit off 
the way she yanked, the way she just pulled it, she dislocated my shoulder. No way. And I was like, oh, you have to be kidding me. So then I, I immediately just move over to the fence line, grab the fence where the spectators are, and just like pull as hard as I can to <laughs> pop, it back in, pop it back in place. So then I still have to lay down and let them pull the whole wetsuit off of me and peel oh it off. I heard my wife say, no, 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 no. And it's so funny because she actually recorded that moment. <laughs> no way. So going straight into the bike, I, I was almost about to go into it with a dislocated shoulder. Whoa, right. man. And when you pop it back in, it still hurts though, right? I mean. Fortunately, since I popped it, maybe because of the adrenaline and the yeah. way that I popped it back in, it, it didn't bother me throughout the whole thing, which I was super, super blessed. Really? Typically in the past when it has popped out, it stays very sore, very tender, and yeah. any kind of jolt just really hurts it. But no jolts, no nothing. I mean, I, I, did, I didn't even feel like anything had happened. So wow. I was really blessed. I was super, super excited about that. That's crazy. That's fact, so crazy, man. The fact that they dislocated my shoulder, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> You're like, I prepared for everything, like every obstacle that could possibly come up except for accidentally pulling out my shoulder. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, honestly. And I was like, well, I mean, okay, this is a whole new obstacle. So let's just keep rolling with it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do for nutrition? Like, do you, after swimming, because obviously swimming, you're not going to eat anything during the swim. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't recommend it because then you have to wait, uh, what is it, 20 minutes or 30? There you go, man. Yeah. Yeah. You start cramping up. <laughs> uh, so what do you just pound a bunch of nutrition right before the bike or do you just bring a bunch? Like I, I bring a bunch, What I do is I bring a bunch uh, for my, for the ride. So okay. I have gels. I have like uh I like the honey sugar waffles. Oh, those I things are the best. Bars. I mean, I just, I just got all kinds of things like that, as well as my favorite, like the buddy fruits or the go-go squeeze uh, applesauce that come in the pouches. Yeah, yeah. That are actually for uh, little kids, but I hey, have them all the time, man. <laughs> they work well for the triathletes or endurance racers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So on the bike, so you take off on the bike, and then are you eating food while you're biking? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I was just trying to remain with a steady pace. And while I'm just cruising, I mean, I'm, I'm popping in some waffles. I'm yeah. down in a jail. I just really anything like that, whether yeah. it's salt pills, just trying to stay ahead of everything. Yeah. Awesome. Both my kids came out here really quick. Do you guys want to say hi real quick? Nope. Neither of them. Oh, okay. There we go. Uh, yeah. That's we were just talking about applesauce guys. They're giving me the evil eye. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. So how, how did the bike go? Like, are you in a big group of people or are you kind of like spread out by that point? I, I actually thought we were going to be kind of spread out by that point. But as soon as we took off on the bike, it was, it was just a ton of people like yeah. kind of piling on top of each other. And uh, you're not supposed to, uh, what is it? Um, block people from passing. Oh yeah. Okay. It was like it looked like it was about four lines that were of athletes just running in the middle of the road, and I'm like, I don't think we're supposed to be doing this because we can get penalties. But I was like, well, everybody's doing it, might as well do it too. <laughs> yeah, and is everyone going pretty much the same pace at that point? Yeah, in the beginning, everyone is kind of going at the same pace, but it's really hard to pass, and nobody, of course, wants to just uh, fall behind and get in yeah. line because, of course, at that point, you still want to pass people and get in front of them. Yeah. What kind of roads are you riding on? All, all little back roads. Fortunately, the roads were uh, still nice and paved, uh, very smooth, fortunately. Okay. But I mean, it's, it wasn't like a crazy main highways, which yeah. is fantastic. And do they have it completely closed off or are there people? No. Okay. So there are people driving. It was open to traffic, except fortunately, the traffic was really, really uh, uh, polite and nice. which That's was nice. Because uh, now there was some roads that were close to traffic, but it wasn't all close to traffic. Gotcha. Yeah. It was pretty nice though. I mean, you, yeah, you didn't repeat any sections or anything like that. It was just like one big loop or? So because Ironman Maryland is uh, actually, I think uh, they call it uh, Eagleman also. And it's the half course that we had to do twice. Okay. So, so we had to do uh, two loops in, in the water. Uh, they basically 
made a big old rectangle in uh, the peninsula area that you swim out and do two laps on and then come back into shore. Yeah. And then the bike was also another loop they had to do twice. Yeah. So it can be a good thing because you know what to expect, but also a bad thing because you're just dreading what to what you're <laughs> be again. Yeah. No, I'm, I, that's the weird mental thing about loops. You where you're like, you're on the first one. You're like, dude, I have to do the, all of this again. I'm not even done with the first one yet. Like that's the, when the negative meant or, you know, the negative talk comes into play sometimes. And, and that's exactly what I was thinking about because I, I literally, that, that's a lot that came into my mind because I was like at 40 miles and I'm like, Oh God, I'm not even halfway done with this. And I still have to come straight through here. Yeah, because uh, on those uh, loops, you could see where you were 40 miles, and then a little bit up ahead, it said uh, like 90 miles. And I was like, Well, <laughs> where I'll be at 90 miles, just not right now. So, <laughs> yeah, it was tough. That was tough mentally. Yeah, did you get worn down at all, or did your endurance like, I mean, did you ever get tired? Do you ever get tired, Alfredo? That's my question. I, I get tired, man. I, I still get tired. I'm still human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After, uh, after 50 miles on the bike, I started uh, experiencing a little fatigue, mainly because the wind started picking up. Okay. And unfortunately, I'm skin and bones, so those winds were at, like treating me like a flag and just like holding me back. <laughs> Working so hard to try to fight against them. Oh. Uh. So that was really, really mentally draining as well as kind of putting a lot of, I guess, uh, just aches on my knees and yeah. a little bit on the hips, just kind of wearing them down. But uh, so the last really 50 miles of the bike were, were really tough on me. Yeah. But I knew that I couldn't push too hard because I still got a marathon. So I was like, you know what, try to remain steady, you know, just don't get mad at yourself. Just do what you can. Because, you know, we all set goals and we get a little disappointed when we start falling behind pace. But I was like, just, just do you. Just finish it. Just finish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So you got done with the bike. How is that? Like, are there people, like, are there stripping people uh, after the bike? <laughs> I, well, fortunately not. So didn't have to worry about that anymore. No more shoulder. No more shoulder injuries. No, no. But I did have to, since you still have to unclip which is uh, the last thing you're going to do. You have to unclip from the bike and yeah. get off. And sometimes if your feet don't come off properly, you're going to like plop right off. Dude, I've done that so many times where it's like I hit an, uh, uh, like mountain biking even with clips. I'll like go uphill and then I'll just stop and then just tip over. And I'm like, oh my God, I wouldn't have crashed if I could get my stupid feet out of these things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, gravity. Gravity's there to catch yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, man. So you, you change, you get ready for the marathon part. Like, what does that feel like going into the first mile of a marathon after having spent the whole entire morning doing all these other crazy things? It, it, it was a little relieving. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you get out of the water and you're like, Oh, thank God. You know, I, I get to take a break and uh, do something different. Yeah. And then you're biking for, I think I biked for probably like somewhere around five hours and 40 minutes. It was like after being on that bike seat for that long, I'm like, please take this demon away from me. Yeah. So, yeah. So knowing that I'm going to be able to put my bike, uh, sorry, my running shoes on and do what I like to do. I was like, I was so looking forward to it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, your body has taken a beating. So I yeah. was trying to see how everything would feel. What? I literally, yeah, what are the what are the aid stations like there for, oh, for an Ironman? Now, now for the bike, they actually had them every 15 miles. Okay. They, they had a lot of fantastic stuff on, but since I packed everything I needed, I literally stopped for uh, well, didn't even stop. I just kind of rolled right through it and grabbed a bottle of water, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. The run, it was fantastic. I mean, they had it a, a aid station every mile. What every yeah. mile? Super awesome. Now, I do have to say that it was a two and a half mile uh, loop that you had to do. Okay. Sorry, not two and a half mile. You had to do a loop uh, two and a half times. Gotcha. Okay. So that was pretty nice. Yeah. But uh, they had water, Gatorade, cups of ice, uh, Coke, uh, I think Pepsi, uh, Gatorade, uh, Red Bull, 
pretzels, grapes. Um, it was just fantastic. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, it was decked out. I, I didn't need anything. To be honest yeah. with you, I didn't need to take anything, but <laughs> I still did just because I wanted to feel prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So how'd the run go? I, you know what? I, I, like I mentioned on the bike, after 50 miles, I started experiencing a few little minor aches. So yeah. I decided to take it nice and easy on the run and just try to warm up nicely. And uh, I felt a little ache on my uh, hip as well as knee. So I just started pretty reserved. And I was thankful I did because I just kind of stayed at that pace the whole time and was able to kind of finish it. Yeah, but it was it was still kind of kind of tough. The fact that you feel a few little pains and aches, because sometimes they start trying to tell you to slow down. Yeah, I was I was able to power through mainly because my wife was. Uh, she told me, "This is your leg. You are a runner. You are gonna kill it." And when she said that, I was like, my heart sank simply because. I felt the expectation she had for me. And I was just afraid that I wasn't going to be able to, uh, you know, accomplish them for her. Yeah. So what I had to do was just suck it up and make that run about her. That's awesome, man. <laughs> how did, yeah. How'd you finish? Like, did you, did you finish feeling pretty strong? Was she waiting for you at the finish line? Like, how did that feel? Waiting and uh, at mile 21, I finally had, I, I mean, I was about done. <laughs> you know what you're gonna walk for one mile i told myself you're gonna walk for one mile you're gonna get your crap together and then you're gonna run the rest of the way so yeah. like, i like that deal so what i did was literally just kind of power walk to try to uh, see if uh, that fatigue feeling could go away and uh after walking for a quarter mile i was like you know what i'm, I'm feeling much better then I walked for about uh, 2.4 and I was like, okay, let, let's go. I think, I think you've rested enough and took off running. And I just stayed at a nice, about probably 7.30 to 7.45 pace. Yeah. And I was able to finish with the last uh, about three and a half to four, four miles at that pace. So That's awesome, man. That's incredibly fast to me. I'm like, that just blows me away in general, let alone at the end of an Ironman. And whenever you watch Ironman videos or whenever I watch them, you see the people at the finish line, like, you know, stumbling and swaying and all that stuff. Like, did you witness any of that happening or, or was I, it pretty I was, normal? I saw some people, I, I saw some people that were, that were pretty, pretty stumbly. And yeah. some people just had to like completely stop. I saw someone that was on the side puking his guts out. Oh, no. uh, there was a gentleman that had like slipped and he was like out and uh, they had medics right beside him. So, I mean, you know, Dang, man. These, these things do happen. And I was just like, oh, Lord, you know, just please let me let me finish this. Yeah. Wow. So by the time I finished, my legs were toast. It's like I, I couldn't even. I was like, how, how did you manage to run through that? How did you manage to run through this? Yeah. I couldn't even walk right after that. And I was like, I don't understand how you just finished all that. And now you can't even walk. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's part of, some, I mean, I think some of it is your brain just telling you that it's over and you don't have to like keep su like supplying the rest of your body with all of those, um, you know, like all that adrenaline and all those hormones and your brain just stops that production, it seems like. And then you're like, oh my God, I can't, I can't even take another step, let alone walk over to the bathroom. <laughs> Especially this whole time, you, you are asking a lot of your body. You are being very demanding. So yeah. I guess after that, you can't really be mad. Yeah, man. That's yeah, I mean, awesome, that dude. So what, what was your finish time? Like, did you accomplish what you set out to? And I mean, it has to feel good just finishing your first one. It's so funny because apparently my math uh, was not the correct math, which, you know, I can completely understand because uh, trying to do some math during that activity, you know, it's not <laughs> going to come out right, but whatever. Yeah. So I thought that I had about uh, 30 minutes of wiggle room, but I didn't calculate everything right. So I finished and everything. And my wife was like, awesome, you finished right at uh, this time. And I was like, what? I thought I had a little bit more wiggle room. Yeah, but I, my fin I wanted to finish under eleven hours. I ended up finishing eleven hours, twenty one seconds. Nice man, perfect. 
I was super excited. I was like, you know what? I finished right at the 11 hour mark. I was, yeah. I was like, I was like, perfect. perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. So I got to ask, are you, is this something you want to pursue now that you've done your first one? Or is it one of those things where you're like, okay, I did that. I can cross off the bucket list. I think just like everyone, as soon as I crossed that finish line, I was like, never again. I'm done. But then, uh, <laughs> because my training, my training was so demanding and intense. Yeah. That the next day, uh, Sunday, and then uh, just yesterday, Monday, I was walking, and I'm like, you know what? My body feels just, just pretty good, actually. So uh, then, of course, you start thinking about everything that went wrong, went right, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm ready to tackle another one. Nice, but of course, man. you know. I don't know when that'll be. I'm, I I know definitely that I want to do another one in 2020. We'll yeah. See. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. So what do you have? What do you have coming up? I know you are like the veteran of the Blue Ridge Marathon, which is one of the coolest races out here. I never got to do it. I never got to do it. But, but yeah. You're still going to have to come down and do it because I yeah, mean, I'm, I, I plan on continuing doing it un, until my legs are broken. So, <laughs> <laughs> What's so good about that race? I absolutely love just the fact that it's so challenging and so demanding that uh, it kind of humbles you in a way. Yeah. Because of course, it's just, uh, it, you're literally running up mountains, which I mean, you know, Colorado and everything, of course you're used to it. <laughs> and, uh, but the fact that uh, this are Blue Ridge Mountains, it's a road marathon, they're steep, and then you're having to fly downhill, all yeah. that impact on your joints and everything, kind of hurts after a while so yeah man on cement too it, it's, it's tough but just the atmosphere that it creates i mean going through neighborhoods everybody being so friendly it, it's pretty awesome yeah and part about it is that it's not a huge marathon it's just big enough which i like yeah that is that is kind of a unique event where you are running through the mountains but you're on a road like cause i don't know i just i've driven the blue ridge parkway there so i know what it's like and i know you know it is a mountainous road like you're going straight up and straight down and all around and everything but you're actually like on cement still which is which means you can go a little bit faster which is interesting exactly because you can go a little bit faster but at the same time it's just it's an intense course the i think uh elevation change is uh a little over 7,000 feet for wow. a whole 26 miles. So, so it's, it's considered America's toughest road marathon. So, Hey, yeah. might as well come and knock it out with me one day. Heck yeah, dude. I'm, I'll do that one. I'll totally do that one sometime, but, but what I'll I say that. I say that on the podcast and then I'm like, yeah. later I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I said that on the podcast. We, we have you now. I mean, it's, it's, you got to come and do it. So uh, yeah. there's no going back now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, sweet man. So where, uh, if people want to follow your training and adventures and all that stuff, where, where can they find you at? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Instagram, uh, run underscore Alfredo underscore run. Nice. So, of course, because running is my thing. Yeah. And then uh, Facebook, my profile is, I mean, of course, just open to the public and, it's uh, Alfredo uh, Garcia Huerta, H-U-E-R-T-A. Awesome, I man. think they can figure out Alfredo by Chicken Alfredo. Garcia is very common. The Huerta part really throws people off. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, it was funny when Lindsay came out, my wife came out before we started recording with a can of spaghetti sauce and to have me open it, you know, like that classic thing. And then she was like, oh, I should have brought out Al Al Alfredo sauce. I was like, oh, man, I bet he's never heard that joke before. Oh, uh, yeah. Ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> but awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for, for chatting today. And like, really, honestly, for me, this has just been fun to catch up with you. You know, like we haven't been out in Virginia for, you know, two, two years and a couple of change now. So, um, you know, it's just fun kind of seeing you and catching up with you, dude. Hey, anything you need ever. Hey, I'm around and I definitely would love to go and see you because yeah. I still owe you a visit up there to uh, run some mountains with you. Yes, man. Oh my God. You seriously, whenever you want to come out, I, you should for sure. I'll send you some future races coming up if you're, if you're interested. So, so hey, yeah. definitely. I think I love that. That'll, that'll kind of give me a, a nice uh, planned getaway, right? There you go, man. There you go. But awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We'll have to have you back on at some point because we didn't really even get into your like 
why did you start running and what other running adventures have you had or anything like that? And I definitely want to hear those at some point. Oh man, that's a, that's a whole huge story for another day, huh? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We'll leave them. We'll leave them in suspense, but perfect. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you Alfredo for joining the show. Um, I'm laughing right now because I'm recording these intros at like six in the morning, right after I woke up, (laughs) right before I go to work. And the energy level between the intro and outro and the energy level from the dude who's talking to Alfredo, (laughs) who's like jacked up on caffeine in the middle of the afternoon, sitting outside in his yard. Um, there's there's a big difference. I'm like, I wonder if people are going to notice that. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. I really, really enjoyed talking to Alfredo. Um, really, I mean, one of the things the podcast has given me is the chance to come back and reconnect with some people. So this was one of those. It was really cool seeing Alfredo again, uh, chatting with him and and hearing his story. Because I guess that's the other thing, you know ever since we moved, I've been following him on social media and, you know, seeing his training and all that. And, you know, you see someone post the picture of the finish line of the Ironman or the finish line of their big event. And you're like, wow, good for them, you know, but you really don't fully grasp all of the work they've put into it until, until you take time to actually hear their stories so uh and I think that's important because I think for me it's given me this better perspective um I know social social media use like Instagram and all that stuff it can be um it can be almost detrimental because you're always seeing people are posting their best moments generally um they're not posting, he's not posting his, you know, the moment where, he, that he mentioned in the in the show, the moment where he won to quit. He's not posting a, a picture of that or a video of his wife telling him to get his crap together and get back out there, um, which is, I mean, none of us do, you know? And so we can get this weird, twisted perspective that everyone's doing awesome things 20 24 seven and and that's just a false perspective that's not the way it actually is so it's nice being able to listen to other podcasts but then also with my own like have these conversations and really understand what they've went through and how it does take hard work and it takes that hard work day after day after day um, for people to actually do these incredible things. I mean, an Ironman, that's an incredible event to even attempt to compete in, let alone, you know, train for it in a way where you're like, I'm going to really train for this because I want to actually do my absolute best. Um, so, so I think that's something to keep in mind. Uh, I think that's one of my goals with the show as well. So, All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Alfredo, for coming on. And we'll get back at you next week. See ya.